You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. All right, you guys. Well, good morning, Pastor Purpose peeps. We've got Mary here and Nathan is joining. Good morning, Nathan. Good morning. Hi, nice to meet you. You too. Welcome to the coaching today. Thanks so much. It's good to be here. Yeah, so let's just do a quick introduction to you and Mary. I had a few minutes to chat with Mary before and got a sense of what she needed coaching for, but that's okay. Nathan, where are you from? And tell me how long you've been connected here on the Path to Purpose and maybe a little bit about what you want coaching about today. Uh, let's see. Well, um, I haven't been connected really that long. I mean, okay. I've, uh, I've, I've <clears throat> tried to keep up a little bit with... Uh, what's going on with, with your social media and everything. And I tried to jump in uh, a coaching session, much like this one uh, a couple of times, but it didn't work out with my schedule. Um, Being in the U S army, I have a kind of a a hectic time sometimes getting some personal things in, Yeah, Um, but it's good to be here today. And um, so, um, yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Where do you live, Nathan? Uh, right now, I'm visiting with my parents in Virginia, okay. uh, but I'm stationed um, at Fort Hood in Texas. All right, yeah, I uh, I went to Baylor, so I'm a I went to I was in Waco for many years, so I know all about Fort Hood. Awesome. Well, <laughs> yeah. So what are you what are you coming in today for coaching? What's on your heart today for coaching? Um, I think I just need just some clarity and reassurance uh, mm-hmm. with. What, where I feel my life is going and where, where God is leading. Okay. All right. So needing to hear more from God. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, <clears throat> Mary has a little bit of the same thought process around this too. So Mary, why don't you introduce yourself to everyone and just kind <clears> of <throat> talk about how long you've been connected, maybe just to give me a little bit of background and talk about what you want to hear one out of our coaching today. Okay. Hi, I'm Mary. Um, I've been listening to Shalise podcast for probably a year or more. So, awesome. uh, yeah, it's really uh, been a blessing. I'm, I'm just looking for more, um, more intimacy with God to know what it means to be led by the spirit, to be a son of God. And, and especially to experience the manifest presence of God to really, I mean, I know in my head that, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. God, God is alive and he's here, but to really experience him and I guess to experience him in life situations also I mean uh, for me feeling loved and feeling cared for is a big thing you know sometimes I just feel like I just have to find my own way through life and not really feeling cared for like nobody's looking out for me yeah and I know the truth is that God does care for us but where am I seeing that yeah yeah which is so powerful, Mary, that you brought that to the coaching today. And I just want to applaud you guys for hopping on and bringing yourself here today to show up, be coachable and vulnerable, right? To say, this is what I, this is where I'm struggling. This is what I need, right? Because, you know, people are going to be watching this. And I I tell everybody, regardless if you're on the coaching or you're not, the Holy Spirit's going to be speaking to all, everyone who's going to be watching this, you know, even after. And so my first question that I always want to ask people when they are wanting to hear more from God or wanting to experience more of God. My first question is, is, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you, have you experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit? 
really with the evidence of speaking in tongues. So do you pray in tongues? Do you speak in tongues? Nathan, do you, is that something that you do? Oh, it's not something that I do. No. Okay. What about you, Mary? Um, it's something that I struggle with. I have, but I'm not fluent. And sometimes I'm not sure, like, is this even really the right thing? Yeah. Or am I just making it up? Yeah, for sure. So um, I don't know about you guys, but let me kind of back up for a second here. And let's talk about, you know, how our image of God is formed, right? And I want to talk a little bit about why we struggle in connecting with God. Okay. And if you guys don't have a copy of my book, I really encourage you guys to pick one up because I go into these concepts um, more uh, in depth called the path. And if you don't have a copy of it, you can get it on Amazon and I encourage you to get it. Obviously, I always encourage you guys, if you're um, wanting more help around that process to consider, you know, enrolling in a merge as well, because we're coaching and it's a really deep dive into the material, but there's a section in the book and there's a section that we go through in emerge where we're, because the whole work that I do is really helping people get answers to what we call the five big questions of life. In fact, I did a podcast series on those five questions. If you haven't subscribed to my podcast, you can do that on your phone. You can just go to podcast, you know, Google Shalice and you'll find it. It's on Spotify. It's on Google podcast. It's on all the popular platforms. And take a listen, you know, to that, that series that I did on the questions as well. But that first question, who is God is what I want to talk about, because our answer to that question and the revelation we have around that question is really going to determine our experience of God. And it greatly impacts our ability to hear from him. The second question that really great, that greatly impacts that is the second big cue, which is who am I, right? So the five questions is who are God? Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I headed? And how do I get there? And honestly, knowing the answers to these questions completely transforms your life. It's like the answers to these questions are like a compass that God puts in our hands that that gives us direction. It it gives us clarity around what the heck am I here? Why am I here? Right. Who is God? And what are we here to do in partnership together? And, And when we don't know those answers, right, we just kind of stumble through life. And my story, the reason I even own these questions, I mean, I don't own the questions, but the reason I even, you know, know about all of this is because I've been through this exact journey myself. And now at this point, I've helped thousands of people learn to hear God. I've been on this, 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 this is my purpose. Right. And, it, and, it, and so I just want to say that I've been where both you are Mary and both where you are, Nathan, I've been at that place where I'm not hearing God. I've been at that place where I didn't really pray in the spirit. I didn't really even know about the baptism of the Holy spirit, I grew up in the Bible Belt in Texas, and um, I grew up in a Baptist church, and the gifts of the Spirit and experiential Christianity was not a part of that. We prayed to God. We believed in God. We believed in heaven. Um, But truthfully, that religious upbringing did more harm than it did good in my relationship with God. I mean, I'm grateful to have heard the gospel as a message about God forgave our sins, but the gospel is such a bigger message than that. It's a message about us becoming brand new creatures. It's about us living in union with God. It's about us no longer being sinners. Uh, it's no. It's about us being righteous by faith. And so there's a whole new world of uh, that is real Christianity. It's because Christianity by design is meant to be experiential. Like like Mary said, how can I follow someone if I can't hear them? How can I follow the directions of someone if I can't see them? And so I never had teaching. I never had revelation about 
what it means to have spiritual senses and how do you use them? Right. And so just like you guys, I ended up, well, I mean, I'm not saying just like you guys, but in my own life, you know, I ended up in a version of my life that wasn't even the one that God designed for me. Um, just because I was just doing what everybody else did, right? You go to college, you do this, you know, you just kind of make the best decisions based upon the best human advice that you get. Right. And so I want to back up for a second on this, this, this baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I want to back up even before we talk about that. And I want to back up and I want to talk about how our image of God is formed, right? Our image of, you have to recognize that through the ages of zero to six, right? Our brains are in something that is called alpha state. And we are like sponges and we don't have the conscious ability to filter things through our minds to say, this is true. This is not, or I'm going to like accept this or not. We're just, we're just taking in the information. And then from the ages of about seven to 11 or 12, our brains are in the state of something called theta. And it's very much the same, right? We're just sponges absorbing all of this stuff. So the truth is by about the age of 12, we have an image of God that has been formed. And the image of God that has been formed in our lives is based on the influences that we had around us. So it's our parents. It's our, our family of origin, if we, you know, depending on if it was grandparents, whatever that looks like, it's our church experiences or our lack of church experiences, right? It's our, um, it's our image of authority figures. It's our, um, you know, in my own life, for example, I, it, it was years, I mean, literally in my probably late thirties before I was able to experience God as father, because subconsciously I had a really negative image of fathers, right? I mean, I had three before I was three, I was adopted. I had a lot of trauma growing up. And so I just was not able, even though I could pray to the father, even though I could, you know, believed in God as the father, it wasn't like I was experiencing God as father. And so the first thing about experiencing God is that we really need to move those references that we don't even necessarily know that we have. Do you know what I'm saying? That's what mind renewal really is all about. It's about renewing our minds to what the scriptures teach us so that we can actually experience it, if that makes sense, right? So again, it wasn't until my 30s that I ever had teaching or ever was exposed to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I did have a grandmother that prayed in tongues. She was Pentecostal growing up and she freaked me out. Right. Like, I mean, I was like, what the heck is this? This is scary. You know? And I, so I just didn't, it was just weird to me, you know? And so I'd had, it's not that I'd never had exposure to it, but the exposure that I'd had to it was negative. So immediately I had a lot of resistance to the baptism of the Holy spirit. In fact, I had been reading many, many books by very popular you know, um, I don't know if you'd call them theologians, maybe a couple of them were, you know, pastors, very well-respected ministers that taught specifically against it. In fact, they said that the gifts of the spirit had passed away. I mean, I've now grown to understand that that's a cessationist uh, perspective, which basically says that apostles and prophets are, you know, have passed away. Miracles have passed away. I mean, God can do miracles, but you don't really know if he's going to do them. We shouldn't expect them. Uh, the gifts of the spirit are really for Bible times, you know, all of that ceased when they canonized the Bible. So there was this whole confusion around like, what is the baptism of the Holy spirit? What is this is even real? Like, do I even need this? You know, all of that stuff. And so it was a process for me 
to actually deprogram all of that, um, those belief systems that honestly I had picked up without even realizing it. And the truth is all of us have an image of God that is less than who God really is. And this has been really, it's the pattern of this world, right? It's what's been put into us over the course of our lives. And so if we are going to experience more of God, really the very, very first step, truthfully, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, there are people that experience God that have not experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But for those of us that are really stuck, like we're just dull of hearing, we don't have activated spiritual senses. It is a very, very important step. And I can also say, Mary, that I relate to the fact that, you know, I, I've experienced it, I'm doing it, but I don't know if I'm, if this is real, like this just feels so mechanical. I don't know, <clears throat> is this the way it's supposed to happen? You know, and what I can tell you is that every single person is an individual, right? There are people, I'll tell you the easiest people to get filled with the Holy Spirit. It is kids. Okay. Kids a hundred percent of the time always get it right. Because they don't have all these filters. They don't have all this resistance. They're not so darn intellectual, right. Mm -hmm. That they just have open hearts. They just have open hearts. They think they can fly. They think they can be Superman. You know what I'm saying? They're just like, Oh, okay. God wants to speak a language through me. Cool. Let's do it. You know? And they just, they just go right into it. And it's beautiful to watch. But it's also why Jesus said we have to become like little kids, meaning that we have to really stop being so darn adult. We have to quit trying to get out of that analytical mind of ours and reconnect to that child that is still in there. Right. And so so let me just talk a little bit about it, because I know a lot of people that I talk to every single day are not filled with the Holy Spirit or not baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I don't that does not mean that you don't have the Holy Spirit. You are, you have the Holy Spirit. So I'm not saying that you don't have it. The question is, does the Holy Spirit have you, right? The question is, is the Holy Spirit infused in your soul? Is he infused in your being, right? And so for some people, when I pray for them to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and walk them through the process of speaking in tongues, you know what? It's just an immediate thing. But for other people, including myself, it was not an immediate thing. Right. I had a lot of resistance internally because of teaching I'd had, because of experiences I'd had. So I had to stick with it and I had to get fully persuaded that this absolutely was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So let's talk um, about it a little bit. I'm not going to spend too much time on it scripturally, although it's all throughout the scripture. Right. When Jesus was risen from the dead, right? And he he came to his disciples, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit, okay? And, and in my, my case, I really believe that that was them getting born again, right? I believe that was them experiencing the new birth experience. But then he also told them, wait, wait in Jerusalem until they had um, experienced, they, they were gonna be endued with power. And Acts 1.8, it says, after you receive the Holy Spirit, uh, you shall receive power and you will be my witnesses in Judea, in Jerusalem, and into the uttermost parts of the earth. And so the baptism of the Holy Spirit is also about the power of the Holy Spirit. It's about the power to live a Christian life. <clears throat> it's about the power to hear the voice of God and operate as a son of God. And so it's, an, it, it's, in, it's a power. It's a, the power of God coming into your life. Now, 
with that said, okay, why, why is speaking in tongues so important? Why is praying in tongues so important? And what about the teaching that some people can do it? Some people can't, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff around that too. And the truth is that the reason that speaking in tongues is so powerful is because it gives God control of our mouth. It gives God the control of our words and all throughout scripture, we are taught that words are creative. Words are powerful. You know, the father created everything that we see with words. Now it was through the force of faith, but it was also with words. The entire creation is speech activated, including our own bodies, right? In James, uh, he talks about the power of the tongue. And he says, if no man offends in speech, he's a perfect man. And that we can control our entire bodies. If we can control our mouths. And so the mouth and words are so, so very powerful. And I'm just going to put you on mute for just a second, Nathan. <clears throat> and when it's time to talk, you can mute it back on. But uh, our words are so, so, so very powerful. When I myself was being healed of manic depression, I literally was healed because I started saying, I've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. I got a hold of a scripture and I started meditating on that scripture. I started meditating on that scripture. I started get, until I started to recognize, wait a second, my spirit is not depressed. My spirit is 100% perfect because it's joined with the Lord. And I may be feeling depressed. I may be having these emotions at the moment, but that does not define who I am. The real me has a sound mind. I have the, the, the mind of Christ. And so I began to resist that as an identity. Do you see what I'm saying? Like I began to actually speak it out loud. The word of God is a sword. It's the sword of the spirit. And it, it divides the, 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 the spirit and the soul. And it, it is creative. God said that my words do not return void, but they accomplish that which I've sent them to do. Right in Proverbs, it says that death and life is in the power of the tongue. It's not in the power of disease. It's in the power of our agreement with that disease and are speaking of that disease. And I know these are radical, radical concepts for people that have grown up in traditional evangelical Christianity the way that I did, but I am a living testimony of all of this. So it's not just a concept. It is a reality in my life and not just only in my life, but in countless others that have learned the truth that what the gospel is and the power of the tongue. And so when we pray in the spirit, what we're doing is we're giving voice to God, right? It is our spirit speaking. And it's in a language that God understands. It's not a language that we understand unless we pray and get the interpretation. And so when I pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I teach it very, very practically. I basically explain it this way. I say, I am speaking in English right now. And I am speaking in syllables that if I slow them down, you understand because you are English speaking. Now, if I switch into speaking in tongues and I slow it down, okay, I'm just speaking syllable sounds that I don't understand. If I speed it up, Okay. And you can see that it's just very natural for me. It's not, there's nothing really religious about this. Okay. It's it, because you know what, this is the, my favorite thing about Jesus is that he's not religious. You know what? He hung out with ordinary people. He hung out with people that people didn't even want to hang out with. He touched people that nobody else would touch. He talked to women. He talked to, you know, you were definitely not allowed to talk to women, you know, 
he was an, he's, he's a real guy. I mean, he's God. Yes. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but relationship as, as, as the bride of Christ, that is the most intimate of relationships. And I don't know anyone that has a, why would, why would we be called a bride? Like we could have been just called servants. We could have been called, you know, worshipers. We could have been called a lot of things, but we've been called children of God. We've been we've family. This is family language. And so just by the very nature, it's an intimate language. And it's the, the one thing that I, I, I really pray all the time for the body of Christ is that we can drop all of this religiosity so that we can actually authentically be with God just as we are, receive from God just as we are, because he lives inside of us just as we are. And he's, if he was so religious, I'm sure he should have not chosen me to be his temple. Right. Because that I would have not be the holiest of holies if it wasn't for him, you know, so it's really just that it's it's speaking in a language that you don't understand. Now, granted, can there can there be greater manifestations? Yes. On the day of Pentecost, when they got filled with the Holy Spirit, next thing you know, people thought they were drunk. Right. They were so filled with the Holy Spirit. They were walking around like drunk at 10 a.m. You know, so, yes, the Holy Spirit comes with manifestations, but it doesn't always start that way. You know, the crazy thing about faith is that we are moving into an experience of God that our minds have not caught up with yet. Okay. Our minds um, are kind of like the, the key <laughs> that either unlock the spirit or lock up the spirit and our souls can be a real hindrance. Right. So I tell people, we just got to get out of our minds. We've got to get, I mean, the, God uses the foolish things to confound the wise he doesn't call those that are noble, the, those that are with the, you know, the best education. It's not all about that. It's about ordinary people. It's about average Joes like you and I, right? But we're extraordinary in Christ. But the truth is it doesn't, it's not about anything other than just believing. And we have believing is something that is not logical, right? Like it logically doesn't make sense that I'm speaking in syllables that do not, that I don't understand. Um, but it makes Bible sense and it is absolutely real. You know, the apostle Paul in first Corinthians 14 says, I pray in the spirit more than all of you. And I wish that all of you would pray in the spirit, right? He says it, it is good to covet the gifts of the spirit, especially prophecy. So, you know, desiring more of God is from God. The truth is you would not even be here today desiring more of God if he had not put that desire in your heart. You know, and many times people don't connect with that, that God is, God is a desire God. He leads us through our desires because our desires motivate us. Right. So when I pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, all I do is I just say, okay, in the name of Jesus, be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of preaching, uh, speaking in tongues. And I tell people, okay, don't speak English anymore. You're going to make syllable sounds that you don't understand. And you're going to continue just to do it by faith, by faith, because the Holy Spirit is faithful. God is bigger even than our unbelief. When Jesus told the, 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 the guy who needed his, his son to be healed, he said, Lord, help my unbelief. And God healed his son, right? So God knows that we struggle with wrong belief and he's not condemning us for it. The Holy Spirit is leading and guiding us into the truth. In fact, Mary and Nathan, you guys probably couldn't even have found me if the Holy Spirit had not led you here, right? Because it's not like I've got millions of followers yet, but you know, the, the point is, is that this, this is supernatural that you guys are even here. He handpicked you guys 
by using social media, because he knew your prayers, he knew your desires, and he knew you needed discipleship and you needed mentorship and that, that I could help you. Right. So you're here supernaturally. So let's just go ahead and praise God for that first breakthrough. And then I'm going to pray right now for you guys and for anybody else that's listening, either live or on the broadcast. I mean, on the you know future replay or whatever, if you want to be baptized in the Holy spirit, then just pray with me and let get out of your mind, get out of your adulthood for a second, because remember what it was like to be a little kid. And if it was traumatic, well then, you know, remember, go somewhere as a little kid with Jesus and let's just, let's just receive. Right. And again, it's by faith. So you just simply say, I've got it because faith says I have something that I don't have any evidence of yet. Right. And in my own life, when I was receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, let me tell you, I prayed. It's felt like I listened to this one little tape I got from Joyce Meyer. It was a cassette tape. I'm telling you how old I am right now. And I listened to that sucker over and over and over again. And I would pray and I would, I mean, I was like, you know, giving myself a hernia trying to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then one day, literally I pulled up behind a car that said one power on it. It was a license plate on the car. And when I saw it, I just heard a, just a really a, a simple phrase. You've already got it. Quit asking for it. And I was like, what do you mean? I've already got it. No, I'm not. I'm not praying in tongues. Like, what do you mean? I already got it. And then I went, oh, I have to have it before I have it. Oh, so instead of continuing to ask, I just started thanking God for it. And then I just began to open up my mouth. I would literally sit on my bed like this. Cause I didn't know, I didn't know what I know now. I didn't know like, Oh, make syllable sounds and trust that it's the Holy spirit. I didn't know that. So I was sitting there uh, waiting for something to happen. And you know, the first syllables that I spoke were Allah. I'm thinking, Oh, it's the Muslims. God. Oh, oh my gosh. I've been deceived. I was freaking out, freaking out, you know? And then finally, I, I finally thought, well, wait a minute, let me do something else. And of course it was like, Allah, Allah, Bashetim, whatever, right. It wasn't the final thing. It was just a portion of it. And I also remember going to a pastor that I, that I friend that I had at the time. And I was telling him, okay, I'm trying this tongues thing, but man, it feels like I'm making it up. And you know what he said? He says, the devil tells everyone that he says, feeling like you're making it up. Everybody gets told that he said, so just get louder just get wilder with it. And I was like, Hmm, okay. So I just got free. I just got free. I got out of my head. I stopped thinking, am I making this up? Am I not making it? Cause guys, when we are so focused on, I can't hear God. I can't hear God. Oh, I don't know if this is God. Am I making this up? I don't know what's happening. I don't know if this is God. like, guess what, man, that's doubt. And you know what doubt does to faith? It's, it quelches it. It's like putting water on a fire, putting, you know, the you know, dirt on the fire, it just quenches it. And so we don't want to do that. Our heads are not our friends when it comes to a life of faith. And I'm not saying that God does not give us critical thinking skills. I'm not saying that we should never use our minds. Of course, our minds are a blessing from God, as long as they are believing the truth and thinking the truth. There's a reason why we have to take our thoughts captive because we, our minds are crazy. I'm I'm just saying 60,000 thoughts a day. That's how many thoughts we have in a single day. That is a lot of thinking. And I would venture to guess that most of those thoughts are not the truth, right? It's coming from that old programming. It's coming from lousy self-talk. It's coming from accusations, either from yourself or from the enemy. 
And it's just, it's, we have to be mindful of our mind. In fact, I'm about to do a new podcast series on that topic. So I know it's a long, that was a long, a lot of stuff that I said here, but it is so important that I just have like a real non-religious, just talk with you about this thing called the baptism of the Holy spirit. And here's the thing, when you get it, you have to practice, right? Our spiritual senses work just like any other thing that we do. As we practice, we exercise our spiritual senses. Well, guess what? We start to get discernment because why the Holy spirit is talking through us. It is a supernatural language and supernatural things begin to happen when you pray. No wonder there's so much resistance against this gift, both in, you know, non you know, different denominations in, in the body of Christ, but also in our own personal lives, there is resistance to doing this. That's by nature. Why? Because it is so powerful. So when you receive it, you need to practice. I mean, I would practice in the car, in the shower. Again, it doesn't have, we don't have to be in our knees in our prayer closet. No, this is a tool that's practical. It's a every day, just like we talk all the time in English. Like this is we talk in our head all the time. Like, no, this is an all the time thing that we can do. We can turn it off, turn it on. Uh, this whole thing about tearing in the, they tarried on the day of Pentecost. There's no more waiting. Everything belongs to us in Christ now. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you, Mary, but you've already received it, but we're just going to, we're going to get a fresh and feeling today because we can be ever filled. Right. And then Nathan, I'm going to pray for you because this is really a, such an important step to stepping into a supernatural lifestyle because it's the power of the Holy spirit. It's a yielding to the Holy spirit. It's a filling of the Holy spirit. So I'm going to pray for you guys now. And what we're going to, I'm just going to, I'll just lead you. Okay. So, um, Jesus, I thank you that you are the baptizer of the Holy spirit at your baptism. John, the Baptist said the one that comes after me will baptize with the spirit and with fire. And so I thank you, Jesus, that you are faithful and Holy Spirit. We know that when we ask for you, 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 you manifest why, because you're already in us. And so in the name of Jesus, I speak over Mary. I speak over Nathan. I speak over anyone else that's listening today. And I say, be filled, be filled with the spirit. I release the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. And I release the gifts of the spirit and I release the uh, speaking in tongues in Jesus name. And so now guys, we're just going to begin to speak. We're not going to worry about whether if we're making it up or not. Don't have to say what I'm saying. Whatever syllable. Got to open up your mouth, Nathan. You got to, you have to be the one that actually is talking. And you can get silly with it. Then you can speed it up. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. We don't need to be so serious. We can sing. Right? I'm just, see, isn't that just free? It's not like I'm singing opera or something. So God, I just release power. I release power over Nathan. I release the power of the Holy Spirit into Mary. I release the power of the Holy Spirit into every listener right now in the name of Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. You guys have it.
You have it. I can see your lips moving. You've got it. And it's so simple. So simple. Everything about Jesus is simple. Revelation is deep, but it's not hard. It's simple. Little kids can do it. So you just practice. And when you kind of get into the flow of it, next thing you know, it'll just sometimes, it'll just come out. And when I can't hear God, let me tell you what I do. And I, it's like, I'm priming the pump. Wake up ears, wake up spirit, get bigger, get bigger, get bigger. Right. Okay. Nathan, you've got a question. Go ahead. Shoot. Well, maybe not so much a question, but just an observation. I mean, just the way that you taught that reminds me of how children speak and, you know, um, uh, what's the verse that says, uh, unless you be, unless you have the faith of a child, you will not come to the father. Yeah. Um, it just reminds me of that. Like children literally have the, they have it naturally within themselves to speak like that. Yes, we do, Nathan. And that's the joy of the Lord. It's re- the restoring of childhood. It's the restoring of, of, in fact, being a son of God means that you've got to like, you've got to regress. <laughs> you have to become dependent, right? Like you've got to get your depends on. We got to get our big, our big people diapers on because it, it, you know, and I know that's a, it sounds silly, but no, it's like, you know, it's a baby. What we depend on our mother and our father for everything. We can't feed ourselves. We can't do anything without the father, without the mother. And, and the kingdom is a, a dependent lifestyle. Maturity looks like infancy <laughs> in the kingdom. And so, yes, it's about, it's about becoming like a little child, you know, think about it. When we, when we're little kids, we don't know what our parents are doing. We don't know how they're making money to get the food on the table. We don't know how the electricity comes on. They tell us to get in the car. We're going somewhere Well, we just get in the car. We don't know how we're getting there. We don't know directions. We don't, we don't have Siri, right? We don't know what we're doing. We just trust, we just trust, you know? And so that I know that it's hard for our adult minds that, it, that have been taught over the lot, over our, you know, over the course of our lives. that if we don't figure it out, it's not happening. Right. But this is a, this is a process guys. It's a process of becoming like little kids. Right. So now that you got it right now, you just need to use it. You need to use it. You need to use it. You need to use it. Okay. Now the second thing I want to share with you, um, because Mary was talking about the tangible presence of God, Um, and then I'm going to talk about two other topics. I'm gonna talk about the tangible presence of God. And then I'm going to talk about hearing God. Okay. Um, so I want to give you my own testimony in that process. Right. So when I first went to the church that I eventually got ordained in and all of those things, I mean, I had never been exposed to charismatic Christianity, right? I had grown up Baptist. I had spent some time in the Presbyterian church. You know, I had read some Joyce Meyer books just because I thought I could relate to her. She seemed real. And I thought, okay, I really like her. And I went to a conference. I mean, I was like, you know, the person out smoking in the breaks. I mean, you know, like I just was not, I was not whatever, holy Christian girl. And, um, I don't still think I'm a holy Christian girl, but I was way less holy Christian girl then than I am now. So anyway, um, you know, I, I received the baptism of the Holy spirit. I started going to this church and I mean, these people were talking to God, like, like, like it was a voice they heard all the time. And I, you know, in my good, in my unrenewed mind, what it, what it felt like to me was like, these people need to be committed. Like I was, I was, I was very intelligent. 
you know, very educated. And so to me, I just thought these people are crazy. Like, what do you mean they're hearing God? And they're taught having conversations. I mean, I just thought these people are nuts. They're completely nuts. And, but I was also intrigued. So I thought they were nuts, but I was intrigued. Right. Um, and so I felt, I found out and I felt led to go to this particular ministry. And the way it worked out is it was like a weekend, a month for a whole year. And it was called trophies of grace. And I still remember the apostle lady that ran this particular program. She was, I mean, late eighties. She had outlived like three husbands. Um, she was a retired professor at the university of Wisconsin. Okay. Also very, um, intelligent, very, uh, smart. And, um, I don't even know how I ended up here. Right. But it was an incredible place because when you went to go to this place, she would, and I'm sure she's gone on to be with the Lord now, but at the time, because it was well over 20 years ago, but at the time, you know, when you said, I'm going, I'm going to come visit or whatever, she would pray over like your reservation. And she would tell you which room you were going to go into. And when you walked into the rooms, all of them were decorated like a different theme, right? Like one was like the blood of Jesus room. One was like the line of the tribe of Judah room. And one was like the bride room. And I remember I stayed in the bride room one time. It was like, it threw up veils in there. You know, it was like veil material everywhere and had little altar. And I mean, again, I'm just like, what in the world? Like I had no grid for any of this, but there was something about this woman. I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure she probably had a dinner plate at her table that she set for Jesus. I had never met anyone that uh, that lived with such intimacy with God. And I knew it was real and it was so attractive. And, and as I began to hang out there a weekend, a month over the course of a year, I would have a dream, right? And God started to reveal to me things in these dreams, you know, at first. But then I remember I started getting like this tingling thing down my back. Like it almost felt like, I don't know, fire or tingling or something. And I mean, I freaked out. I'm thinking, oh my God, is this the devil? What is this? I mean, I'm freaking out. I didn't, again, I, I didn't know. I remember I'd have this, like, I think it was my left ear. I think I'd have this like thing on my ear where I just, and, it, and I didn't know it's, it was the presence of God. And I was like, what is happening to me? And so I asked her one time, she said, oh yeah, honey, that's just the presence of God. And I remember I would even test it. I'd be like, if this is anything that is not of Jesus, I command it to go right now in Jesus name. Cause I was just so leery, so paranoid, so devil programmed, you know, I feel like, and I didn't even know what to do with the Holy spirit. And I had so much programming in me. Like you gotta be leery about this. You know, we just say so much stuff that exalted the enemy. And, but my, I'm sharing this to say that I didn't have language for it at the time, but what was happening to me? And I, well, let me say one other story. I was driving home one day from the, the place I'd been at the weekend. And, and I had the very first vision. I was praying in the spirit, driving um, back to Chicago from uh, Wisconsin. And I had my first vision and it was really an imagination. You know how you can kind of zone out while you're driving. I was kind of like in that zone. I had been praying in the spirit, listening to worship music. And all of a sudden I had this vision. And the vision was of me as a little girl huddled behind a little a rock. And Jesus came up to me and he says, where have you been? I was cold. I was freezing. I was dirty. And he says, where have you been? I've been looking for you everywhere. And I literally looked up to him as a little girl. And I said, I've been a bad little girl. And he said, get in the house. 
just like that, get in the house. And I was like, I'm like, what house, you know? And I look behind, out behind the rock and there's this beautiful house in the distance. And I remember running into running towards the house, running towards the house. And when I got into the house, you guys, it was Christmas in this house. And I had a sense that it was always Christmas in this house. And it smelled like cookies. It smelled like chocolate chip or some kind of yummy, yummy cookies. And Jesus said, get upstairs and take a shower. And when I, when I got upstairs, I realized it was a blood shower. And as I began to take a shower in this blood, because I was struggling under so much condemnation of feeling like a bad little girl. And I didn't even know, I mean, I was not conscious of any of this, you guys, but I mean, I remember tears just flowing down my face. And then Jesus said, now get out. I have, I have a party dress for you. And he put this little party dress. He handed, well, first he gave me, first he said, he gave gave me a robe. I have a robe and some slippers for you. And I knew it was a robe of righteousness. And then these little slippers, I just knew it was from that um, Isaiah um, 61, where he gives us garment of praise instead of a heavy failing and burdened spirit. And I'm telling you, this robe was like the fluffiest, just out of the drier robe you've ever had and had little fluffy, but actually my slippers on today, they kind of reminded me of these actually. I've never thought about that. That's cool. Um, I got my slippers on, on zoom, beauty, beauty of zoom, but And then he gave me a little party dress. I'm sharing this because I had never had a vision. I didn't even know like anything about any of that stuff, but I'm sharing that because I was getting an impartation. I was getting what she carried was rubbing off on me. Right. And I can tell you over the course of my Christian walk, I remember the first time that I went to Bethel. That's a whole nother crazy story about how I was so like leery of this. And I mean, I was like, I don't even know what I, I was like the hardest person to get to, you know, I feel like I was judged everything and I was scared of everything. And I, you know, this isn't God and I don't know, you know, but God just kept chasing me. And I mean, it has been impartation after impartation. I mean, God has imparted things to me from others and impartation is scriptural. You guys, um, the apostle Paul talked about it. I I long to impart a gift to you that you might grow spiritually. And so why am I sharing this? Because the grace gifts in Ephesians four, where it talks about apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and pastors, see, those are graces in the body of Christ that are there to equip the body of Christ for the work of their ministry, for their, for their purpose, for the service that they are here to do on the planet. And granted, I've been taught that those things weren't even real, but I was experiencing it. I experienced the teaching gift of Joyce Meyer. I experienced the apostolic and prophetic gift of this woman. I experienced all fivefold ministries at Bethel because those graces were pouring into my life and I was receiving as a gift things that were scriptural, but I was not able to get on my own. And God knew how to connect me to those different gifts at the right time so that I could grow spiritually and I could experience more of him. And so that impartation was real. And I will tell you, I even knew back then, and I was a really, really baby believer at the time, baby spiritual believer, at least. Um, I knew that she had something that was about part of my purpose. I knew, I mean, you know, here I am doing so many similar things to what I received in that ministry. Here she was the woman that had a plate of Jesus, you know, sitting at the dinner table, all this intimacy with God. And here I am doing the same thing for people. 
but I got it first from her. And so what I want to pray for you today, Nathan, what I want to pray for you today, Mary, and what I want to pray for everyone here is I'm going to, I'm going to release an impartation. I'm going to release an impartation of intimacy. And I've prayed this over people before you guys, let me just tell you how it's worked in my own life a couple of times, just to get your faith level and expect expectation up a little bit, you know, um, uh, when I pastored for many years, I was also a worship leader and because I'm such the union girl, right. I mean, I, I, that's a whole nother testimony, but I'll just say it this way. Um, I didn't sing for a very long time, but God called me back into it. I would sing, but I would sing from such a place of intimacy and I would have the worship team. You know, we would come in and do these worship sets and stuff. And I would just be worshiping these people and they would have such overwhelming experiences with the intimacy of God. I had one worship leader who said, I just feel like I need to go hide in the closet. I feel like I'm naked. I feel like I'm just so vulnerable right now. I just need to go get in the closet. I just need to go get in the closet with Jesus right now. Just overwhelmed. And it was just simply because that's something that was imparted to me and I can give it away now. You know, when Jesus sent those disciples out, he said, freely, you have received now freely give. And so I get to freely give what I freely received. And so you guys, I want you just to open up your mind. It's not about me. It's not, this is not about, you know, Shalise is all this. No, it's any more than it was about. She was all that. That was all a gift for her too, you know? And so I just want to pray for you today, guys, just that you will receive, right? The gift of intimacy with God, receive uh, the manifestation of his presence. Okay. And so father, I just come to you in faith. I come to you standing on uh, the promise of impartation. I come uh, today, Father, uh, believing in what you've done in my life and the evidence of those things in my life, Lord. And I come with the desire to give it away today, Lord. It's not just for me. I am no more special than any of your kids that are here listening to me today, Lord. They love you. They long for you. And they need you just like I did all those many years ago. And so, Lord, I am so honored to be the person that gets to pray this prayer today. And so I just release in the name of Jesus, an impartation of the presence of God over every single person, Lord. I release uh, just that the, that their eyes would be enlightened father, that they would know the hope of their calling. I release spiritual sight. I release spiritual hearing today, Lord. I release an activation of their spiritual senses, God, so that they may encounter you, that they may experience your love, that they may grow, that they may grow in their knowledge of you, Lord. I release the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God, father, that they would know intimately that they are yours intimately, that they are one with you intimately, God, that there is nowhere they can ever go, that you are not there with them, that you are not, that you are always with them, Lord. And along with this gift of tongues, Father, I just release, Father, the gifts of the Spirit. I release discernment and all of your beautiful gifts, Holy Spirit, that come really through just the fact that you dwell in us. And Father, I thank you that as they pray, as they worship, they're going to begin to experience a whole new level of your presence. And I pray, Father, that you would get their minds out of the way, that you would get their focus on you, Jesus, that you would, you would just manifest yourself the way that you promised, that Holy Spirit, you would manifest Jesus because we need a real Jesus, Holy Spirit. And I know that you know this, and I'm not begging in any way, Holy Spirit. I'm praying like Jesus prayed. He said, I say this not for my sake, but for their sake. 
I pray for their sake, Lord, not for my sake, because these are true realities. And I've seen you do it over and over again. And I just release it now in the name of Jesus over every single person that's listening today. And I thank you for it. I thank you, Holy Spirit. We just acknowledge your glory. We acknowledge your presence. We just, we focus on it right this minute, Lord. We focus and we focus on the Christ in us. We focus on you, Holy Spirit. And we drink, we drink of your goodness. We drink of your spirit today, Lord. We just, we just say we are filled. We are filled with your spirit today, Lord, just because we can say that we are filled with your spirit. We can agree. And we thank you that as we focus and as we speak, Lord, it manifests because that's the way it works. And so I just thank you, Father, and I release it. And I thank you for the many testimonies that are going to come as a result of our time together today. In Jesus name. Amen. And then the last thing I want to share about, because both you and Mary, Nathan, you guys talked about it, it, it's, it's really cultivating the ability to hear God's voice. And I say cultivating because it is, it's a cultivation. And, um, and I can tell you, if you really want to get good at hearing God's voice, then you've got to get a journal. I have my journal upstairs. I would show it. I was just going to pick it up and show you, but your journals are the best way to learn. And I know I get a lot of pushback from this, from people that say, I'm not a journaler. I don't write. I don't do these things. I'm not asking you to be a journaler, except that in the sense that I'm asking you to record your conversations with God. We would not have the Bible. We would not have the Psalms. We would not have the epistles. If somebody hadn't written something down and there's something about writing that connects, first of all, that connects your brain in a different way. It opens up a different aspect of the brain scientifically. But secondly, it it is an act of faith. It says, I'm sitting down and I'm expecting to hear God, right? And so journaling is not so much, I mean, many times when I was first learning, you know what, again, that same voice would say, you're making this up, you're making this up, you're making this up. So you have to push past that. In fact, for a long time, all I heard God was say, you can hear me, you can hear me, you can hear me. And I'm like, I I was arguing. No, I can't. No, I can't. No, I can't. You know, but you get your journal and you, you know, many times when you're first starting, the best thing to do is like, father, I'm just coming to you in faith today. Right. Just believing that I can hear from you. And I'm just exalting you, Jesus. I'm exalting you because you're Lord, you're God, you're big. And then I just begin to exalt God. I begin to worship God. You're so worthy, Jesus. And you, you became me on the cross and, and you are real, you're alive, you're alive in me. And I'm just so grateful that I know you. I'm so grateful that I've been introduced to you. And I just begin, you just begin to get grateful. You begin to get into that place of, of thankfulness and worship and praise because you guys, when you do that, it shifts your energy. It shifts your attitude. It shifts your physiology, frankly. And then as you do that and you kind of get into that space and you say, now, father, what do you want to say to me today? What do you want to speak? And then you turn your brain off in a sense. You don't allow that critical voice to talk. Right. And you begin to write whatever the Lord says. And I just say, daughter, you can say daughter, comma, or son, Cotter, comma, or you can, however you want to say it, say your name, and then just start writing word for word, what you hear and don't turn it off. Don't try to judge it while you're writing it. You know, it's kind of like this. If I want to, you know, when I really go to the gym regularly, it's because I get up in the morning and I don't allow my, I don't allow myself to talk. I mean, I can talk, but I don't let my head talk because if I let my head talk, it's going to talk me out of it. So I just tell my brain, we're not thinking right now. 
If it tries to think, no, we're not doing, we're not talking right now. We're not thinking right now. Shush it. Right. And I just put one step in front of the other and get there. And this is kind of like that. This is a, this is a, a silencing of that intellect. It's a silencing of the old programming. It's a taking your thoughts captive. And then you're just going to write and you're not going to doubt. And when you're done, you're going to go back and read it. And then that doubt's going to come back. You're going to say it because he's going to say things like, I love you, child. And don't start your conversations with God when you're just learning to do this with major life decisions. Okay. I know we need to hear God for those major life decisions. God knows that we need to hear life. God need to hear from him for major life decisions. But here's the thing about being led by the Holy spirit. We let him lead the conversation, right? You ask things like, what question should I ask you today? Ask me this. He'll ask. I ask. He tells me this a lot. What question should I ask today? He says, well, ask me what I'm doing. Okay. I had a conversation with God last night about what he was doing in my life. And I ended up in tears. Right. So we need to learn to let him lead the conversation. Right. Now, let me let me ask me get a couple of questions here from Nathan and Mary. I know I've done a lot of talking here, but I wanted you guys to get what I was sharing today. What really the answers that you need today. So, OK, Nathan, Mary, you guys have any questions, thoughts, comments? Uh, I, I feel like I've been um actually doing the journaling thing um, pretty consistently. Uh, I tend to learn best when I write anyway. Uh, And so I I, like all all the things I have to do in any given day. I I do have a, 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 like a a running list of things on my phone. And so, um, and lately I have been writing things down that I feel like are from God or that it might be like scripture that I've heard in church or in yeah. my own devotions. And subconsciously, I guess I've been meditating on it and it comes up and I'll just write something that maybe I feel like God is speaking to me. And, I'll, you know, it may be exactly that verse or it might be, you know, something about it or something. And, and, so I, I've been sort of doing that a little bit, um, and I'm glad that you brought in, um, you know, doing this every day um, and, you know, just letting the Holy Spirit lead the conversation. I think yeah. maybe I could add that piece into what I'm already doing instead of, yeah. you know, sitting or, or, or allowing the day to kind of cause me to get to that place of where I hear God, um, just letting him do mm-hmm. it from the you know, start that conversation at the beginning of the day is is something Mm -hmm. I can add. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's not that when you grow in this guys, you, first of all, you're just going to grow in confidence. And when you grow in confidence, you can have any conversation with God, you know, and he can give you any kinds of direction. And it's not that we aren't going to ask for direction or we're not going to have those conversations. It's just that this is a relationship. And so we're really about cultivating a relationship. This isn't just about you know, and granted I'm guilty of this, right. I will come to, I, I come to God because I don't, I just emotionally am in a place where I'm not emotionally in a good place. And so it's like, I dump all this emotion stuff on the Lord and there's nothing wrong with that. He can take it. He loves it. He knows me. He's already feeling it inside me anyway. You know what I'm saying? So it's not that any of that is wrong. It's just that when you're first beginning and starting to hear the voice of God, um, we have to really, I mean, this is just in any relationship, right? Like, gosh, we're bad listeners. A lot of the time, you know, and we don't know what we need. 
You know, there's a lot of times I can explain this is what's going on with me, but I don't know what I need. I just know I need something, you know? So father, what do you want to speak? What question should I be asking? You know, questions are powerful. It's, you know, like, who is God? Who am I? Why am I here? How do I get there? Where am I headed? You know, all of these are questions are so powerful. And as we get really good at, at asking questions or God's really good at asking questions and we just ask these simple things, well, we, you'll be so, so, so surprised at the wisdom you get. And God's love, I'll tell you, as you write these things down, it's something, something happens like pretty soon your heart starts to connect to what God is saying. I will tell you even last night, I mean, I've been doing this now for, I don't even know, decades, right? But even last night, as I get into the place of, I'm just hearing what God is saying. For me, it's a thought at a time. And I have to write every thought. I mean, sometimes it's a picture, but I have to write every thought by faith and I have to make myself not go like, oh, this is what he's about to say. Like it's, it's it's a different way of processing. And sometimes I get nervous because I'm thinking, oh, what is he about to say? Like, I almost get nervous about, oh, you know, what's he about to say? But I, then I'm like, no, just write, just get back into that place of, of yielded writing, if that makes sense. And you will grow, you will grow in this as you practice. Okay. Um, one last thing that I wanted to share that Mary and I were talking about a little bit before, and I wanted to talk about one of the hindrances, one of the big hindrances to hearing God. And sometimes it's, it's, it's very frustrating because a lot of times when we need to hear God, we're in some kind of emergency situation. And what happens is, is we have this little part of our brain called the amygdala and we go into fight or flight. And what I mean by that is we, there's an emergency, there's something that is, you know, we need to know what God is saying. And I will tell you, it is harder to hear God, especially when you're new, when you're new at hearing God, it is harder to hear God while you're in fight or flight. Right. And I recommended a resource today to Mary, and I want to recommend it to, um, to others that would be interested in it. Um, and it's a tool called tapping. Um, we actually use this in um, our Emerge graduate programs because as people start to start living their purpose and launch into their purpose, well, let me tell you, their amygdala goes off a whole lot <laughs> because God is asking them to do things they've never done before. And people get really into this place of like, oh, I can't take this step of faith and all of that. And so what tapping is, and again, this is not a Christian book. It's called The Tapping Solution by Nick Ortner, um, but we do it in a Christ-centered fashion. And actually we have sessions that we do here. We, it's called Christ-centered EFT. We normally don't offer them to people that aren't students, but I think I want to open it up for people today. Um, if you would like to do a session with our team, um, I'll have Mercy put the link down in the, the comments because Morgan, who is our practitioner, is very powerful. She's prophetic. She's very, very powerful. And she does it from a Christ-centered standpoint. Not that there's necessarily anything wrong with doing it from a non-Christ-centered. I don't want you to be afraid of it if it's not Christ-centered, because it's really about the way God created our bodies to work. And the way tapping works is that you just tap on different places of your body and it interrupts that signal to the amygdala, right? And so people are using this in all kinds of trauma care things. I mean, this is becoming very widely well-known, very widespread, but as you tap, it interrupts that electrical signal of your brain to the amygdala, and it allows the um, electromagnetic frequency of the emotion to actually be released, right? And so it will calm your amygdala down 
so that you can get back into that place of stillness where it's much easier to hear God, (coughs) excuse me. Um, breathing is another way, right? That you can get your amygdala to calm the heck down, deep breaths, kind of diaphragm breathing where you breathe in through your nose and then exhale through your mouth. And you can do that until you can do it for a few minutes and you'll start to notice your, your body will be able to calm down because it is hard to hear God when you're triggered or when your amygdala or your nervous system and your fight or flight is going crazy. So those are just a couple of practical tools that I'll share with you guys to help you get out of fight or flight. And so many times we live in fight or flight and we don't even know it. And I will tell you in America, that is a big part of the reason why the church is not hearing God, because we are in fight or flight 24 seven, a lot of us. So T, what other questions do you guys have today? Well, I know you've been telling us, you know, how we need to get connected, how to get connected with God and hear from him. But I guess the big question in my heart is just, I want am I really where God wants me or am I um, just way off on left field? Well, here's what I want to tell you about that, Mary. The grace of God is the most beautiful thing. One of the most beautiful things about God, you know, he knows that we need to get connected to him to be able to follow him. And the truth is it doesn't matter how far base off base we are. It doesn't matter how wrong, how broken, how, I mean, there's no place that we can find ourselves in our lives that is too much for God. I guess I feel like, like I told you, I feel like I'm about at the end of my resources financially, physically, and emotionally. And I'm like, okay, is it because I made all these wrong decisions and I'm just way off on the wrong path that, you know, somehow I got to dig myself out of this hole. Yeah. Yeah. But, but here's the truth, Mary, is when I talk about the grace of God, this is, here's what I want to say. Let me just pray in the spirit and let me just kind of see what I'm here. Let me just hear the Lord for you. Okay. Well, first of all, the first thing that I hear Mary is that you have the perfect name for intimacy with God, but your name is not Mary by mistake. Jesus's mom was Mary, one of the most intimate relationships in his life. And then of course, we always, we know the story about Mary and Martha. We know the story about Mary Magdalene, like some of the most powerful women in scripture and in Jesus's life were named Mary. And so the very first thing Jesus wants you to know that you are his Mary and that he has never, ever not been with you and never, ever um, not been it is mindful of you. And what else, Lord? But that he has you. He has your family. And it's really an interesting thing he's saying. He's saying, stop being worried about making a mistake. Stop being worried about running out. Stop being worried about where you're going to live. And he's taking me right to Matthew six, right? Stop being so perpetually worried about your life, right? Because worry is 
faith in reverse. He says, ask, tell me what you want. Tell me what you want, Mary, for this is a season that I'm learning. I'm teaching you how to receive. I'm teaching you how to receive. He says, so tell me what you want and receive it. And he says, I know that you don't know how to receive it, but I'm teaching you how to receive it. And he says, it's just as simple as thanking me for it. So once you tell me what to receive, what you want to receive, he says, just thank me for it. Just thank me for it. Just tell me what you want. Tell me what you need. And then thank me for it. Because every time you thank me for it, you've received it. And then don't let your mind go back to worrying. Stay focused on me and thanking me. Because whatsoever things you desire when you pray, Mary, if you believe you receive it, you'll always have it. And I'm teaching you to receive in this season. And he says, in fact, the circumstances you find yourself in are the perfect circumstances for you to learn to receive from me because they're bigger than you. And you've been having to take care of yourself or thinking you've had to take care of yourself for a really, really long time. And it's time to set that aside and learn to receive, babe. And I literally heard him call you, babe. That came out of my mouth. I was like, oh, okay. He calls you, babe. Anything else, Lord? He just says, implement the things that Shalise has talked about today. But it was me speaking through her. And then he loves everyone so much. Well, I guess that was God that I heard a couple weeks ago. He was telling me that it is my time to receive. <laughs> now he said it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just a quick, you know, little instruction on how to do it, Mary. Again, it's so easy. It's little kid stuff, but it's not easy for adults because we've learned to strive and take care of ourselves and live independent from God. What do you want? What do you need? Go ahead and receive it and thank me for it. Just thank me for it. Just thank me for it. Because when you receive something, you thank them for it. And faith works because you receive something before you have it. So you just start thanking them that you have it before you get it. And you'll get good at it, Mary. He's assuring me, you're going to get really good at this. You're going to be a really good receiver. Just like his mom and just like the other Marys in scripture. Okay. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Anything else for you, Nathan? Maybe you can speak about... um maybe some things just from experience, maybe about how God has told you, no, that's not something you need. Or, you know, it could be something that's, that's really uh, good. Like maybe finding a spouse. It could be like uh, finding a certain job that you think you need or want mm-hmm. um, or, or doing something that you think you need to do, but yeah. God says no. Yeah. Well, here's what I think I would say, Nathan, is that when the more, I don't know, effective or the more um, practice you have at hearing God and the more you're living in that place of conversation with the Lord, 
to me, it's more like his real will is just being revealed to you. And so you're taking a step of obedience because you heard it. Right. And so you're in that step of obedience and then he's going to interrupt it at some point and give you a new instruction. Right. So it's not so much this self-directed thing anymore. It's not like I'm sitting around. Do I take this job to have this? Like, even when I was, you know, it's more, more in this place. Like, for example, when we moved back to Chicago in August, you know, I had nothing on my grid that was moving me back to Chicago. I've been in Colorado for 14 years and I was teaching and in between services at a church, God said, it's time to be back. Right. So you get to a place where you're in obedience, right? Like you're, you know, this is where God has you. Right. And then once you're in that first step of obedience, it's just simply a movement according to the Lord. And granted, for me, it's always been, he's moving me and I'm not ready to move. You know, he's moved me out of houses. He's moved me out of states. He's moved me. I mean, I've never been ready for the next instruction that he gives me, you know, so it's not because I, and, and just because I was obedient to the last step, does that make sense, Nathan? So once you get that first step of obedience, you just stay there until you get the new instruction. And you may have sense, like a sense of something changing. You may have a sense of, and again, in this conversation, you're talking about things. And, it, but it's a very, for me, it's been a very different life since I've really surrendered my life to God. My life, I mean, and that's ultimately how I got to the decision to come back to Chicago. Cause there was, I mean, I, I really didn't want it at first. And I had a, a week long time to kind of pray and speak, you know, journal with the Lord. And he was just like, you got to trust me. You got to trust me. I'm sending you back for a myriad of reasons. And finally, the only way I got on board with it is I thought, is I had a thought, I'm sure it was the Holy Spirit. Oh, wait, my life is not my own. Oh, okay. Whether I feel like it or not, I just surrender. I'm surrendering to God. I've surrendered my life to you, Lord. Once again, my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. You know what? Your will be done. And as soon as I started to say those words, the desire completely shifted, you know? And so I just think it's kind of a little bit reversed. It's rather than, you know, us taking our things to God, it's more like taking, getting on his plan and him directing your steps. Right. And so if you're at that place where I'm, I'm getting into that first place of obedience, I'm not sure if I'm in that first step of obedience for me, it was going to that church. That was the first step of obedience that I had that the Lord told me. Now, I didn't want to do that either. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure most of the things God's told me to do, I haven't wanted to do. Now, <laughs> granted, after I did them, it was the best thing ever. You know, I've never had a step yet that hasn't been amazing when I obeyed. But I, I don't think I wanted necessarily, it, was, it wasn't on my grid. And then it was uncomfortable or something, you know. And so, you know, for those of you that are watching today, I mean, if you've not done a call with me or one of my team members to talk about Emerge, I mean, it, you know, I can do so much on these coaching calls. I can do so much on our podcast, but I mean, one of the best steps that you can take, um, and God knows how to provide everything you need to take it, is to, to, to enroll in Emerge and, and spend three months intensively learning these things. Because I will tell you what 100% of our graduates are hearing God on demand, and a 100 of them percent of them know their purpose. They know what's next. And they, they, they begin to live in this, I kind of call it the Jesus vortex, right? But just what I'm describing, right? I'm not really in control here. I am doing what the Lord is asking me to do. I'm on his agenda every single day, but I didn't start there, right? 
I, I grew there is what I would say. I grew to the place where I know that I know that I know that I'm in the middle of the will of God every single day. And I know that everything in my life is showing up for me. I'm no longer in some battle. I, 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 even if it's a struggle, even if it's something that's not positive. I mean, I had some things happen yesterday. They weren't positive, but I'm always asking, okay, how is that perfect for who God's created me to be? And you know what? It was perfect. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't pleasant. I didn't necessarily like it, but it was an opportunity to grow an opportunity to think a different thought. It was an opportunity to come up to a higher level because who he's called me to be is at a higher level than I am right now. So does that help you, Nathan? Yeah, it helps a lot. Good. Good. So that first step of obedience that, you know, and purpose is such a big part of that because that's really the key, you know, um, I mean, there's a couple of keys. Identity, you got to have your identity before you get your purpose. I mean, there, you know, all of these things work together to put you into a place where you're living a spirit-directed life. And of course, you've got to be able to hear God in order to do that. And you've got to detox from separation from God. And we've got to renew our minds and we've got to start to live out of a new identity. But here's what I know. And this is what I want to leave you guys with today is that God's grace is sufficient and it's made perfect in weakness. So we can't really outrun God. I mean, here's the thing I know about Mary. She wants to be in God's will with all of her heart. You know, Nathan, you want to be in God's will with all of your heart. Well, that's all that we can do. I mean, otherwise, I mean, we won't need God. It's okay to be needy. It's okay to not have it figured out. It's okay to be stupid. It's okay to be like, I mean, I tell God all the time, like, dude, are you sure you picked the right person? Like I'm a mess, but I'm, I'm his mess. And he's got enough grace for me. And if he's got enough grace for me, I promise y'all, he's got enough grace for y'all. So we don't have to figure this out. We don't have to do it. We just have to be willing and we just have to be surrendered and we have to follow the next step. And for Mary, it's receiving, learning to receive, saying thank you for something before she has it, stopping worrying, right? Meditating on the wrong thing. And for you, Nathan, let me just hear what God says for you. He says, you're my mighty man of valor. He says, you are a man of great courage, Nathan. And he's just really highlighting what a solid, you're like a, I don't know. He's reminding me of Peter a little bit. Like he's like calling you a rock, a rock. Um, And then granted, when he told Peter that Peter didn't seem so solid, but so I don't know if this is, if he's prophesying who you're about to become, or if this is who you actually are today, Nathan, Um, but he's saying that you are a rock and that you can carry much weight. He says, but you can also carry much more weight when you learn to do it in union with me. He said, he has made you, uh, strong. It's like an ox. He says, but the easy yoke is the one that I've called you to bear. So even though you may be an ox, it doesn't mean that you do the work. It doesn't mean that it's your strength. And so in this season, what he's teaching you to do is walk in step with him. Because if you've got a yoke on and you've got an ox, that's trying to move too quick. It's more like you're pulling Jesus versus letting Jesus pull you. And part of that comes from your strong sense of responsibility, Nathan. You have a strong sense of um, integrity and character and taking, doing the right thing. And, um, but while all those are wonderful attributes, in fact, that's why your, your name is Nathan. Um, because if you remember Nathaniel in the Bible, Jesus said, hey, Nathaniel, you're an Israelite in whom there is no guile. 
right? And Nathan, your name, you stand up totally to that name that you are a man in whom there is no guile, you know, from God's perspective. Um, He said, but in this season, it's learning to not rely on your own strength, but to learn to rely on his. It's, it's, it's a, you're coming into a greater measure of, of dependency and being led you know, and um, he said, you have very strong leadership capabilities and there's a lot of, for him to work with here um, because he's created you like that. He says, but now it's going to be spirit led leadership. It's going to be spirit led um, fathering he's, is the word he's giving to me that you're fathering um, not just, you know, your physical kids, if you have physical kids, but it's, it's, it's your fathering men. Your father, your fathering, your fathering fathers that you have um, the that he's called you to have the heart of the father and that you are here to father and to grow others into maturity and into sons of God that know him intimately the way the son knows God. And it's by example, Nathan, a lot of it's by example in the way that you carry yourself, in the way that you're led. And he said, he's going to open doors for you. Um, in fact, there may be some doors open right now that you're wondering if you should walk into. Um, and I don't know if there's more than one door, um, but he says, um, as you seek me and as you have these conversations with me, I'm going to make it clear. Thanks for that. Yep. <laughs> That was very encouraging. Good, good, good. Well, okay, guys, we're out of time for today, but I am so grateful to have met you, Nathan, and met you, Mary, and had this opportunity to speak into your lives. And uh, I'm trusting God. I'm, I'm trusting God. Um, I'm expecting miraculous things for you and your family, Mary, as you learn to receive in this season. Um, and Nathan, I'm expecting um, you know, God to speak clearly to you about what's next for you. Um, and if you, either of you or anyone that's watching wants to talk more to me about emerge and how we can work together in this kind of environment more frequently, and, um, then please just, um, make a note here in the comments and we'll make sure to get you the link to schedule a time with me. So let me pray us out. Did you have anything else, Mary? No, I was just going to say, thanks. Uh, you're so welcome. Yeah. All right. Well, Father, I just speak a blessing over Nathan and Mary today, Lord, and over everyone else that's listening. And I thank you, Father, that you are bigger than their incompetency. And I don't mean that they're incompetent, Father, but I do mean that we are imperfect in our ability to follow you perfectly. Even that we need grace for. Even that we need you to get involved in. And so I thank you that you are, they're hemmed in father. They're just hemmed in. They're surrounded. They're surrounded in Christ. They're surrounded. uh, And there's no way for them to miss it. And so I just release them into breakthrough after breakthrough into, into miracle after miracle. And I thank you, father, that you're going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I know to ask all that I know to pray all that I know to dream for all of these people, father. And I thank you that they're getting clear about, Whatever is next for them, whether they're learning to receive, whether they're learning to be dependent, whether they're learning to hear from you, whether they're learning to, to whether it's time to discover their purpose and step into it, Father, whatever it is, Lord, I thank you that your grace is sufficient and you have the resources, you have the finances, you have anything and everything that we need to experience the fullness of who you are and manifest the fullness of who we are in you. And so I bless us 
I bless what you're doing in their lives, Father. And I thank you that you're going to finish the good work that you began and bring it to completion and that you are faithful. Not only do you call us, but you are faithful to do it. And I thank you for it. And I give you praise for it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, you guys have a very, very blessed day, blessed week, and we'll see you soon. All right. Love you guys. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalise.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.